0: Previously, on the Division Three's Finest Podcast.
1: Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next,
2: Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What?
1: No. From well, what I understand, you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get?
0: That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh... You took Sprite Cranberry over. Took, you
1: took Mr. Pib
3: over Dr. Pepper.
0: I'd rather drink my own piss and <laughs> crammers. <his.
3: laughs> <laughs> I, I don't fear the mellow ball at all and then uh like those guys are always they look like they're half asleep all the time.
1: I think what Shub yeah. is uh trying to ask is Do you do you not have dragons?
3: <laughs> <inaudible> yeah, and they invited sixty-nine guys to shrink crazy. Sixty nine a whole new album. I'll go seven.
1: But I feel, seven. I feel like really good. I know. I know this is this is the most <laughs> energetic I've seen you all day. Honestly, so Mario, uh, what do you do now? Yeah, I, I work. For a of, uh, You're professional now. Big uh, professional guy.
0: Episode seventy four of the Division Three's Finance Podcast coming up next. What's up, guys? Episode seventy four of the Division Three's Finance Podcast. How's everyone doing?
1: Oh, bud. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Pretty good, bud. Some, te- some technical difficulties keeping me down, but other, other than that, I uh, can't complain.
0: You know, it's that D3 mindset. you got to overcome adversity. It's about that grid, obviously.
1: Survive and advance. That's that's pretty much how I've approached uh, this whole evening.
0: For sure. That's how we do it. And before we get started with our interview and fantasy CBS with Danny Cody, uh, we don't have too many announcements this week, but like always, well, not always. He's missed like you know ten to fifteen episodes, but nevertheless, he is. Three. <laughs> he is the goat of recurring guests. Andrew Gillen, my friend and co-host. Uh, would you like the honors of introducing him real quick?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll give him my best shot before I, you know, disconnect from the call here. But uh, uh, you know, like you said, Ben, goat recurring guest uh, has missed a show here and there, so you know. Jury's still out. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but uh, my friend, uh, my recurring guest, Jacob Schubert. How we doing, bud? Great, man. I'm just glad to be your friend.
2: Um, that always, you know, reassures me that we're friends every time you say it. But you know, I'm glad to be back.
1: Glad to be here. Yes, sure, of course we're friends. I mean, I don't know what whatever leads you to think that we're not. It's just, it's just sometimes when you know when Ben gives me, like, you need to hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because
2: yeah, Ben, when ben doesn't when ben say it. it yeah, Ben never calls me his friend. Um, I'm just a piece of meat to Ben. I'm just a uh, guy he just plays Fortnite with here and there.
1: So
0: really? yeah. Oh, well, paradise. Shube, I hear a lot of complaints when you're like around the Columbus area and like when you're on your way out. That's when you'll shoot like gild the Snapchat that you're in the area. And that is like, true. Oh, shit. we'll bleep that. Out, but <laughs> we didn't get a chance to hang out. That sucks. But like, you know, that doesn't yeah. seem like what a friend does. You know what I mean? No comment. No comment. That's good.
1: That's facts. Yeah. I can't really back you up there, bud. I don't know what else to say. No
0: comment. No I'm sorry. I came at you. That came at you kind of hard. But as far as announcements, we don't have too many. Hey, obviously, you can't argue with facts. Never. But um, so obviously, we don't have too many announcements for you guys. The sports world is still in hiatus, unfortunately. So uh, we'll still be sticking with these interviews, continuing to try to get D3 athletes that are excelling in the professional sports industry to, on the podcast. And we're just going to keep that trend going. And hope you guys have been enjoying these interviews. It's been a good past couple months for the podcast. And we have to thank you listeners for you know sticking with us, even though... A lot of podcasts in quarantine aren't doing as well statistically. This was actually our best month ever, uh, April 2020. So, big thank you to you guys for all the support and helping us continue to grow.
1: Huge shout out! Yeah, we
2: love you, listeners.
0: We, the co-hosts, love you, and our recurring guest also loves you.
2: Recurring guest slash co-founder slash co-host also loves you.
1: We, we, the co-hosts, love you a little more than the guest would just by default. We've been to more episodes than him, so our right. level of that's just facts,
0: yeah. That's just, yeah, can't prove it wrong. I haven't missed an episode, so huge shout out! So, yeah, just you no
1: episode if you were
0: not <laughs> <laughs> So, just uh, thank you guys again. And you know, at the end of the month, we'll put up some of the statistics out there for you guys to see. But yeah, obviously, it's been a great month for you guys and appreciate all the support again. And hopefully, we can continue to grow, throw some merchandise out there eventually, and hopefully, get more sponsors, uh, maybe Under Armour a little sneak peek into episode 75 yes. under armor might be coming soon so uh, shout out to them and yeah we're hoping to keep this going
1: yeah i think that's it for shout outs and announcements again obviously shout out to the listeners but now we have an interview with uh houston astros minor leaguer danny cody ben you know what to do with the air horn here
0: we go a few moments later <laughs> Now join us on the podcast. This is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league pitcher for the Houston Astros, and he was also the first Division Three player taken in last year's MLB draft. Danny Cody. First question: How's quarantine life going for you? And you know, when can we get Altuve on the podcast? Oh, well,
3: you know, quarantine life's great. Um, you know, I'm just kind of doing what everyone else is doing. Just kind of sitting around, watching Netflix, playing some video. Just getting some workouts in when I can. But yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's been, what is, it's been tough. What's been the big Netflix show? Oh, so, it's actually a, it's a pretty good one. I like uh, Nailed It. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but. but I have not. Oh, yeah, oh is it that, really, uh, is it that Cheer documentary? It's, no, it's a, actually, like, some baking show where they just grab, okay. like, three random people that don't know how to bake, and they like, have a professional, Professional chef makes some dessert, and then these three people just have to figure out and try to like make it. And they're like, hol- the ending products are just hilarious. <laughs> so that's been like
0: <laughs> that the kind of
3: out of the, out of the normal one I watched. But obviously, like everybody else, watched Tiger King and stuff, heading right. on that. Yeah. So nice. It's, it's it's been it's been a lot of time filled watching some Netflix shows for sure. All right, so first big-time journalism
1: question uh, we have. So the theme of our podcast, Named Division Three's Finest, uh, comes from us being former, D, former D3 athletes. Uh, you know, while still pretty elite, we did play at the D3 level. Um, and then we've transitioned into the podcast game, uh, you know, like most D3 athletes, college athletes in general. Uh, we're really just playing baseball for the love of the sport um, and trying to play as long as we could. Um, you, on the other hand, are not like most D3 athletes, um, All-American at Baldwin-Wallace and now getting paid to play baseball while we can't even get paid to, uh, a podcast, um, so just real quick, uh, can you give us an intro on yourself, kind of your background with baseball, um, and just kind of what drives your passion for, for the game?
3: Sure, uh, so I, I grew up near Cleveland, um, you know, I've uh, been playing baseball since I was four or five years old, so. It was always a big part of my life growing up and just kind of fell in love in love with it. Um, you know, played for a bunch of summer ball teams. Um, and, you know, I, I was always, like, very average, I would say, um, even through high school. Like, I, I didn't really start to get, like, pretty good until my senior year of high school. Um, but and I, past that point, like, all the D1s and most of the D2s and stuff had already taken their guys up like, recruiting-wise, so I ended up going to a D3 school um, and just kind of kind of matured as a player, got coached up a little bit, and, you know, ended up getting lucky enough to get drafted, but, you know, I, I, I went to a D3 school with the intentions of just getting to play, play baseball for four more years because it was what I wanted to do and get an education and get a job after, and just kind of got lucky that it worked out the way it did. Yeah, so, you know, you already kind of touched on this a little
2: bit, uh, but your story is very unique compared to some of the other Division Three guys that got drafted that we've had on the podcast. Uh, most of them, they're four-year standouts, immediate All-Americans, guys that hit over 400 uh, since their sophomore year. Like, very very early on in the process, you could tell they were just playing at a different level from their peers, and they, they should have been like a Division One type of guy. Uh, but just looking at your statistics, you know, first year you only made one start. Sophomore year, your ERA was still pretty high at a 4.70 ERA, and just two years later, somehow the Astros select you in the MLB draft. So it seems like whatever you did, whatever you ate after your sophomore year, every kid in the nation needs to be on that program, and I need you to forward me that po- program as soon as possible. And then, but I guess my question is, how on earth did you flip the switch after that sophomore year from being just a, you know, an average, an average Division Three guy to now? You know, all of a sudden, your last two years at and wallace you're one of the best pitchers in the country.
3: Yeah. Um, I guess it kind of goes back to, like, my last year of high school because as a senior, like, I was the ace on my staff and pitched a lot of innings, uh, broke a couple school records, I things. So so I was really good, and I, I kind of went into college with the mindset that I was, I was kind of already good enough. I mean, even though I was going to a D3 school, I still thought that, you know, I could play. And... Kind of got to college, and uh, I made made a start early in the season, and it didn't go very well. So I really kind of struggled to even get on the field after that. So kind of going into that summer, you know, I just I tried to put in some work, and I,
0: ended, I did get
3: a lot better. I ended up throwing probably like forty innings my sophomore year, um, but you know the results kind of still weren't there. So it was just just trying to get a lot of work really just to be able able to be out on the field. It wasn't even necessarily like trying to become an All-American or anything. I just wanted to be able to play. And I think the biggest switch for me was I played in the the prospect league after my sophomore year of college. And it kind of gave me me a good routine to stick with. I was getting consistent starts. I I think I started like 12 or 13 games that summer. Um, So, you know, just between that and – just learning out how to treat my body the right way and um getting in a good like between start workout routine as well as like off-season routine I think that helped me out a lot so so yeah Uh, you know my junior and senior year just kind of flipped the switch Uh, all the hard work that I'd put in the couple years before that just kind of finally came to fruition and kind of to see more results on the field so
0: for sure. And, uh, any uh, D3 guys listening out there, you know, it sounds like you got to whatever you got to do to get into the prospect league, you know, do it because it's going to change your life. And during those last few seasons, obviously an awesome turnaround for you. But when during your career did you kind of feel like becoming a professional was a possibility? And was that possibility ever kind of lingering in the back of your mind during that senior year? Like, you know, I got to keep this going. I got to get my ERA down if I want to get drafted. Or was it more like just 100% focus on pitching and doing whatever you could to help the team win.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, like, I know I know, I think you guys had Toby Welk on the podcast and stuff like that. I know yeah. he he probably had a good idea he was going to get drafted almost all the way through college just because of the results he was putting up. But, right. Um, like, my junior year, my Vila was still probably, like, 91, 92. I knew that probably wasn't going to be good enough, especially as a D3 guy, like, I mean, no one's going to take a D3 90-mile-an-hour arm anyway. So I, I really had no expectations um, of getting drafted really until my, like the beginning of my senior year because it was like the second, I think it was either the second or the last outing I had. I played in the Coastal Plains League my ju- after my junior year, and we were playing one of the teams in Virginia, and they had the Velo up on the scoreboard. and I was coming out of the bullpen for that summer, and just kind of came in, I was like, this is the first time I've seen my veal all summer, so I just kind of let, let the ball go a little bit more than usual, and turned around after a couple of them, and it was saying like 94, 95, 95. Mm. So that was like kind of the first time my veal had ever been that high, I was like, damn, like, maybe this could, this could work out, so. Right. Um, I, I went to a, a pro showcase the beginning of my senior year. I hit 96, I think in 96 there. Um, so then teams kind of started to call a little bit more and showing up to practice stuff to watch me throw. And It was, it was definitely a new experience for me. Um, it's kind of hard to get used to. Just, cause it, it, it kind of gets in the back of your mind. Like I, I feel like I should be trying to throw as hard as I can, but really that's not the best thing to help the team win. So right. that was probably the biggest, biggest part because there are scouts that pretty much every game I threw in. So mm-hmm. it, it was... A different experience than just trying to go out there and
0: compete,
3: and did the best I could with it. So,
2: yeah. So, yeah. You, know, you talked about you. Uh, you were from ninety to ninety-one, and then you make a jump from ninety-five to ninety-six. What was like some of the things that helped you make that jump? Because you know, even though it's four or five miles per hour, that's not an easy jump to make. You know, sometimes people just think, you know, ninety-one, you're just tapped out, and then you make a four mile per hour jump. Uh, what helped you get like gain those four extra mile per hours?
3: Um, I I think the biggest thing besides, like, the typical, like, lifting weights and eating right and all that stuff was probably just, like, more focused during my catch play. Um, we actually had a guy that got drafted from my school three years. When I was a freshman, he was a senior, and he got drafted by the Padres. And kind of the, the first thing that he said when he came back was, like, the biggest difference was just the way guys played catch at the pro level, um, to kind of go in every day just really focusing on getting their bodies like synced up and mechanics good and really just trying to throw the ball as hard as they can every day and catch play. So that was kind of what I did um, throughout my junior season and in the summer ball. And then I think just kind of coming out of the bullpen, it's a different mindset. It's just kind of like, I'm only going to be in here for an inning, so I'm just going to let it go instead of having to conserve energy for six or seven innings. So um, I think kind of all that just kind of, kind of helped me get to
0: that point. Yeah, and just to follow up on that, like you touched on it a little bit, but your senior year, um, obviously there's a lot more scouts in the stands checking out your higher velocity, but you know, you still had a really good year. You were able to kind of tune out that noise. What was your mentality during that year? Was it you know getting more juiced up for these stars because scouts were in the stands, or were you kind of just trying to stay in your own world, tuning them out? What, what was your mentality that senior year?
3: Yeah, I, I think it was more just trying to tune it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, it definitely got a little bit easier towards, like, the middle and end of the season as opposed to the beginning, um, just because that would have been, like, the first time that the scouts had been there for games and stuff, but right. it, it did help that they were also coming to practices and stuff before the season had started, so I'd already kind of got used to, used to having them back there, um, gotcha. so that helps, but, yeah, I was really just trying to tune it out and just do what I, controlled what I could control and I figured if, if teams were already coming because of what I that I should change what I've been doing, so just trying to keep going with that mindset.
1: Yeah, and so kind of on that and a little bit of what we just talked about, you touched on it, kind of things started progressing, uh, you know, as you got a little later on uh, in your college career. Um, but did you have any idea of, like, what teams were looking at you um, as you got closer to that draft or, like, maybe what round you are getting drafted in? Um, and you know obviously anybody who's played baseball seriously has had like a dream for you know that draft that draft day phone call so do you mind just kind of walking us through that day and kind of yeah. of, of uh, yeah, sure. getting told you're playing Major League Baseball
3: yeah um, so kind of the teams that I thought I was going to go to I, I didn't really have a great idea um, so like I, I filled out like the online questionnaires and stuff for I, I think every team so Um, and uh, pretty much all the teams had come out to watch me play at some point but um, so I actually had an advisor throughout the draft so he kind of handled most of the talking with like the the scouts and stuff like that so uh, he called me on day two of the draft um, and said that the Marlins were potentially going to take me in in like the ninth or tenth round and there were a couple other teams that were were calling maybe take me in, in that area too so Um, I, he had explained to me, like, the reasoning behind why teams, like, take D3 or senior arms, like, earlier in the draft so that they could save money for, like, the younger high school prospects towards the end of it, so, um, so I kind of was anticipating maybe getting taken at the end of day two, ended up not happening, and then day three rolled around, and it was like, it could literally be any team at this point, like, so, uh, just stay ready, so. Um, so we had actually a party at my house on to, I, we assumed I was getting drafted, but didn't know when. And then the thing was like, if I did get picked, we didn't know when I would have to leave to report. So we didn't know if like the day after the draft I was supposed to leave. So we had a party on day two of the draft, um, had a bunch of people at our house and didn't get picked. So then day three, it was just, you know, me, my, my mom, my dad actually had to go back to work. And I think it was my girlfriend, my aunt, and grandma. So we were just all sitting there, like, playing cards, because I, I couldn't, like, sit still and do nothing, just because right. I was getting anxious. So um, I ended up getting a call at the beginning of the 17th that the Astros were going to take me, and Shout it was out. just a crazy moment. I mean, it was just mostly, like, a relief that the whole process was already over, and um, but, it, it was incredible just to be able to spend the time with my family, and to live out the dream, so. <clears throat> yeah so you know we know you're just getting started in the
2: minors, and hopefully, you know you guys can get back on the field as soon as possible once this coronavirus sh- ends.
0: Um, we'll that up.
2: But just re- regarding last year's season, your first season as a pro, was there like you know any holy sh- moments? We'll, we'll, bleep we'll bleep that up. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. like welcome to the yeah, league yeah. moments, either in uh, spring training or seeing MLB guys take batting practice for the first time, where you were like, you know, all right, you know. Sh- this is real. This is a whole new level.
0: Well, we'll bleep that out as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess guess one of them would just kind of be, like, right after the draft and we reported and stuff, you you know, you go through, like, some workouts and stuff before they send you out to affiliates. And um, so I'm there, I'm there for, like, a week or two before all, of, like, the guys that had finished their college seasons got in. And at, like, the time of the draft, the College World Series is still going on. So... You know, we, after our, our workouts for the day, we'd go back to the hotel and, like, turn the College World Series on and uh, um, watch all those guys play. And then a week later, like, the guys that I was just watching on TV are coming in, and I'm playing with them now. So that was, like, a, a kind of a cool moment. Um, and then at that same time, like, uh, Carlos Correa was rehabbing, so he would, he would be in the weight room working out, like, right next to you. Jeez. Um, and, like, Joe Smith, who was a reliever, in the same same boat, like, thrown on the same field as us. So it was definitely a wild going from...
0: just a little different. <laughs> yeah,
3: for
0: sure. And uh, just expanding on that a little bit, um, in an article we found online, you know, we're top-level researchers here at the Division Three Spines <laughs> podcast. Yeah, no, no big deal. But we saw your pitching selection described as, you know, mid-90s, topping at 96, like you said, alongside a slider and a changeup. Now, we've had former D3 hitters on the pod saying, you know, it was a whole new game transitioning to, from D3 to the pros. But just from a pitching perspective for you personally, how difficult has that process been making that transition?
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, I mean, I've, I've played against D3 guys that I definitely think could, like, compete at the pro level that just didn't get a chance. But I think the biggest difference is just, like, the depth of the lineups, like, Playing in a D three game, like you know, maybe the one through four guys are pretty solid, and then like five through nine is like, like for sure next year accountant dudes. So like, that that's definitely the biggest thing. It's like or podcasters.
2: Like,
3: yeah, no offense, boys, but um, <laughs> so like that's probably the biggest thing. And like, like everybody has power now. It's not like the three and four whole hitters. Like, like a nine. Number nine hitter has the capability of taking like, 450 deep center. So, like, that's that's probably been the biggest difference for me.
0: Next year accountants, that's a great line. I'm going to have to remember that one.
1: Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I I my arsenal. Um, so, last couple questions here before we get into uh, some rapid fire on fantasy BS. Um, unfortunately for, you know, you and everyone in the sports world, we're just – stuck without sports for the time being but you know for you getting drafted kind of transitioning into a new uh, I don't know you're a, like, back at the beginning I guess um, what's your mentality like are you just like trying to stay in shape um, how often are you throwing and, and just what are some of your thoughts on the proposals uh, like robot up for three state league uh, to get to get the MLB back
3: yeah um, I mean I'm trying to just kind of treat this like we'd still be playing so been throwing, like five, six days a week still. Um, thankfully, I got, we have a set of ways in my basement, so able to keep a, uh, like that. So I'm just kind of trying to stay as ready as I can in case we ever do go back. Um, but, you know, all, all the thing, all the suggestions and stuff people make kind of keep changing. Like, uh, maybe we'll play in the team, like stadiums with no fans. Maybe we'll be playing at the spring training complexes um but the other thing is like everybody's been talking about getting major league baseball back but like i don't know how that works out for the minor league guys but if you if you do have a major league season you at least need to have some of the minor league teams playing because of you know maybe potential mlb guys getting hurt you need guys to be able to call up but i don't know how like reasonable it is to have all of the minor league teams down there playing um so it's all the proposals are kind of different um I mean, really, nobody knows what's you know. Obviously, it's never happened before, so nobody really knows for sure what's right. going to happen. By yeah, president, really, I'm I'm cool. Just whatever whatever way we can get back on the field, I'm game for it for sure. Would you argue with a robot umpire? Would you still argue? With uh, you know, when, I would probably. I would kinda, that's why I asked. Yeah, so I kind of go back and forth on that because, like, there's some umpires that you'll play for that you love them as a pitcher and some of them you don't so mm-hmm. um take a look i think i'd say we, them, man. like hey this guy likes me yeah for sure like i i think there's definitely guys that you know especially like the d3 umpires like you have like the same three guys umpire like on a rotation for all your games so it's like all right i know this guy's gonna like have a big zone so I'm pumped to throw today or some other guy that's like bl- half blind can't even figure his life out so like so it's, I kind of go back and forth I like the human element of it but it also it would be kind of cool to just pitch and know like if I had a location that it's for sure going to be a strike or not so I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to like throw to a robo umpire first and kind of see how it went but yeah. I kind of like the human it, element it f- up, yeah, well, uh... yeah exactly yeah. Don't, I, I I like the answer, but I think you just I think we all would. Yeah, yeah. I'd say as a pitcher we probably get the benefit of the doubt more often than not, but it's
0: all right. So we had this as one of our rapid fire questions, but while we're on the topic, you mentioned Toby Welk and he was on the pod and he he stated that he thought that D three umpires were a hundred percent better than Minor League Umpires, but you know, that's from a hitting perspective. As a pitcher that's obviously a good thing if you're getting a couple inches here and there off the plate. But what's your experience with minor league umpires so far compared to your D three days?
3: He said that he thought that the minor league guys were better or worse.
0: Were worse. Worse. He, he Oh, okay. Yeah. I did. mean,
3: I I could see as a hitter him thinking they were worse. Um I think I think they're probably <laughs> a l li- I'd say they're probably a little D nice three guy. In my experience, I would say the minor league guys are probably a little bit better. Uh, It's definitely not as as big of a gap as you would think. Um, Because, you know, they're in the same boat. They're they're the guys that are, like, really new at this, trying to work up their way to the big leagues, too. So it's like, I'm sure, like, a lot of those guys, like, were up in high school games, like, a couple weeks before that, and then all of a sudden they're up in minor league games. So, like, some of them aren't great, but I'd say, like, at least it's a little consistently more better um at the minor leagues but it's a bold bold statement by toby for sure
0: yeah we'll we'll keep asking around and we'll see if we can get a definitive answer on that
2: all right so the last question we have here before rapid fire uh you know but going off our division three theme unfortunately at the division three level we don't get all the bells and whistles like the spoiled division one and professional guys uh no offense to you since you're professional now uh, but do you have any funny or crazy baseball stories from those college days? Maybe something you know that happened during your career at Baldwin Wallace <clears throat> that you know you couldn't ever imagine happening at the Division One or pro level?
3: Yeah, um, I guess like one of them. We so my school's near Cleveland, so like the first couple weeks of the season, are there's still snow on the ground, so we would usually travel south for a couple games. And it was my my sophomore year, we went down to Virginia to play, um, like, a couple other teams from up north, so we weren't even playing any teams that were down in Virginia. And we had to get down to the field, like, a couple hours early because we had to pull the tarp off of this field that wasn't ours in Virginia <laughs> so that we'd be able to play the next day. So that was definitely, like, a interesting experience, having to go pull up a tarp that wasn't ours.
0: Yeah, that's wild.
3: Yeah. Um, we we also had, like, a, one of our conference games, we were playing a team. Um, we were supposed to play them on, like, a Saturday, I think. And the games ended up getting rained out. And so we, we thought we were just going to play on Sunday. But we weren't allowed to play the team on Sunday. We had to push it back till Monday because on Sunday a uh, high school team was using the field. So our games got pushed back an extra day because of the high school games.
0: Hate to hear that.
3: You said that was in your conference. <laughs> yeah, it was a conference game. Well, they play like they play their games in like a park. It's like behind like a giant eagle. Like it's not even really on their campus. So some high, some high school team was using the field, so we had to we had to wait an extra day. That's insane.
0: Yeah, that, that's probably not yeah. happening at D one programs.
3: What, what team
2: was yeah. it? Are you, you going to name names? Because me and uh, name, yeah, me and Gil yeah. we're from Ohio, so. Oh yeah, yeah, I see it a little bit. No, it's capital. Yeah, that I'll
3: makes sense. I was gonna guess capital. <laughs> yeah, I'll
1: call him out. Shaking my head. <laughs> That's close by. <laughs> oh well. Uh, all right. So I think we're ready to get into some rapid fire questions. Um, so I'm just gonna rattle them off here, uh, well as quick as I can, and then you know you can give a quick answer if you want. You know, if you want to expand a little bit, obviously go ahead. So one thing we learned about the Angels organization a couple weeks ago is that. that Every day during spring training, all players have to pee in a cup uh, to test their respective hydration levels. Uh, is that something the Ashers do as well? Uh, but even, And if not, is there kind of a more wild, structured part of your day
3: um,
1: that you do every day when you're with the team?
3: So you were cutting in and out a little bit, so you said that they have to pee on a stick to check hydration uh-huh. levels every day?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, so that was something we heard on another interview. So the question was, do you have to do that also? um or are there any other, like, weird structured uh, things you have to do at being in the organization now?
3: No, yeah, I've never I've never heard anyone having to do that. Um, it's really, yeah, we don't really have anything too weird. Um, I mean, th- thank God I'd probably fail on all the hydration tests, I would guess. So, um, yeah, it's nothing too weird. nothing out of the ordinary for us.
0: Yeah, I guess the angels no, are doing it wrong. No
3: oh. What was that, Ben?
0: So I guess the Angels are doing it wrong. Yeah, you know, they haven't been in the postseason for a while. So yeah, you know, they gotta they gotta get rid of those key yeah, tests. That's,
1: a, well, I was, that's what I was gonna I was gonna try and say something about you know maybe that says something about the Angels. You know they're they're worried about the they're worried about the little things like you know hydration levels. Like who cares, right? Like let's just right. show play play some ball.
0: Yeah, have some grit. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: When were you most
3: nervous during a baseball game? Most nervous. Um. I mean, I would say probably, I mean, last, last year there was a game where I I ended up getting called up to low A, and it was my, my second appearance, and we were playing a team near Chicago, and there were like 8,000 people there, so obviously oh, well. D3. D3 games were usually only average around 7,000. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, yeah i was more accustomed to pitching in front of like my mom and dad instead of like a lot of people so like yeah. i ended up coming in in like a tie game in the ninth inning and it was like oh, my wow. outing with them so yeah i was uh i was a little nervous for that one for sure
0: yeah
1: um so you might not want to get into this one too much um but it is kind of a weird time to be part of gastro's organization with everything that's been going on um have you been uncomfortable um like with any situations that might have come up or, you know, maybe getting any, you know, jokes or jobs from friends. Is it just like weird overall or is it kind of something you feel is like not as big of a a deal as it seems?
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I've gotten plenty of jokes and stuff. It was actually like kind of funny being down at spring training and like we were thrown out in one of the fields and you just hear cars going by you on cheaters like at least four times a day. So that was, Jeez. That's kind of funny, but um, you know, it's been it's 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 definitely weird uh, you know mm-hmm. being so low on the totem pole. Like I, I never saw anything or like got any notion that the organization w- was doing stuff like that. Um, right. So it was you know you deal with all the ha- hazing and stuff from your friends and stuff, but really other than that, like not not too bad. So. Yes. <laughs>
1: Um, is being a former D3 player something you embrace, or do you ever get annoyed with hearing uh, the D3 stereotypes all the time?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it was always fun, like, playing summer ball and stuff, and even now, like, guys always be like, wait, you played D3? Like, why? I was like, because we're better than you are? Like, I don't know. It was, it, it's always been it's been kind of cool just to be, like, one of the few D3 guys on any, like, the summer ball teams or like, now, like, just trying to show them that, like, us D3 guys can still ball out a little bit. So so I, I've embraced it. I, I kind of like it. So
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, Toby. Do you, like, do you know any of those other guys that got drafted D3? Is there, like, a small community that we don't know about?
3: I would. You know, honestly, we should probably start, like, a, a group text or something. But, <laughs> yeah, we can set that up. Um, <laughs> you know, I play I, – I didn't get to pitch against him, um, but I, I played Toby last year. Uh, okay. And not not in school ball and pro ball, so that was cool. Um,
0: nice. Yeah.
3: But yeah, I haven't. I, I know I played against like two or three of them in, in the GCL down in Florida. So I played against a couple other guys, and not really not friends with any of them. I haven't really talked to any of them. But um, now that you mentioned it, we should definitely probably get a group chat going or something.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, do you have any crazy baseball superstitions, and if not, what's one of the more weird ones you've heard from a teammate?
3: Um. So, I guess my, like, only one that I really have is I, like, will refuse to pitch in long sleeves. Like, it's really not that big of an issue anymore. Now, like, we're not playing in the middle of March in Ohio, but, like, right. I had, like, two outings in college where I, w- I was wearing, like, a long-sleeve Under Armour and I was just absolute trash in both of them. So, like, despite it being, like, 25 degrees outside, like, I always wear, like, either three-quarters or no sleeves. Um,
0: gotcha. That's great. I guess that's
3: probably my only superstition. I I never personally played with anybody that had
0: any weird ones,
3: but I actually played um, summer college summer ball. There's a team in the Lake Erie League that I played for called the Lorraine Ironmen, and my owner actually used to play. He's like the owner GM. He used to play in the big leagues and played for like the Indians and maybe one other team. I can't remember, but he was like literally like the most famous player for superstitions. His name's Kevin Romberg. And he, like, had one superstition where if anybody touched him, like, ever, he had to immediately touch him back. So there was, like, one time where he was going to the bathroom or something and somebody touched him underneath the stall and he started freaking out and he had to run around the clubhouse and touch every single person in the clubhouse back because he didn't know who it was. Oh, my God. And he, like, he refused to take, like, turn right like ever because you, you, when you run around the bases you only turn left so yeah he would never turned right he only turned left because when you run around the bases you you run you know left when you go from first to second so like on his way to the field so like if he had to go right he would like take what is it what is it four left or three left instead of taking
0: the right he was just yeah he was a weird dude for sure. yeah that's pretty crazy that's <laughs> it Shout-out Zach Edmondson. He was a pitcher uh, our freshman year. He refused to let anyone touch him when he pitched, even in the dugout. So that was a a wild one we saw, personally. So next one we got, uh, what's the longest bus ride you've had to go on during your baseball career, and what's your go-to gas station snack? Uh,
3: Longest bus ride was uh, my freshman year of college. We went to Texas. So Cleveland to Texas was about – 25 hours Jeez. and then on the way on the way back It was actually during daylight savings. So we lost We lost an hour because of the time change and an hour because of the time zone. So Like well, completely it was like 28 27 28 hours something like that. So yeah, yeah that's I'm for sure. sure the longest um, Go to snack at the uh, gas station probably might be a hot take, but I like the hot fries. Like they're like, um, I like that. They're like a yeah. dollar sixty or something like that. A lot of people think they're trash. I think they're great, but it's like a dollar sixty. It's almost an entire meal, and they're pretty bomb. So I would
0: probably go with that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Toby said Cliff Bars, and we've been cliff making bars. fun of yeah. him yeah. Said ever since. Cliff bars? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like snack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what. Listen. <laughs>
1: we didn't want to be rude when he was on no i'm just kidding but i told him it was a weird pick like that's just especially for a gas station snack
3: you can't go cliff bar maybe he just thought the orioles were gonna listen so he was putting on a good face yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, I, I sure that's the only reasonable strictly, explanation strictly cliff bars and aquafina for me <laughs> uh, they might get mad at you for drinking aquafina <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true
0: Uh, so last two questions we have before uh, our fantasy draft so uh, what's your ultimate goal in baseball
3: ultimate goal um I mean I guess cliche would be get to the big leagues um really really, you know I'd never expected to be playing to this point so I I just kind of want to whatever my my potential is as a player is really just what I want to reach um whether or not that's going to be good enough to get to the big leagues or not so be it but uh, I, I definitely think that now that I'm in, the, in, in pro ball, I have a lot more resources to use to, to improve, so I think I can get a lot better. So really just trying to get as good as I can, and you know, if the big league works works out, it's great. But, um, yeah, just trying, trying to reach my potential is probably just my, my biggest goal.
0: For sure. And last one we got, so kill f- Mary. We'll bleep that out. Um, but tacos, quesadillas, and burritos.
3: Tacos, quesadillas, burritos. Uh, I'm gonna have to kill tacos. Wow. I'm gonna, yeah, I know it's hot tape, but is hot kill tape. tacos, f- quesadillas, marry burritos.
1: I hear you. I, that's actually, I can't argue with that. I think not that tacos are overrated, but I, I think my argument is quesadillas and burritos are underrated. When faced against totally for
3: sure. Yeah, tacos are great, but like when it comes down to it, like I'd rather have a quesadilla or a burrito. I think I feel like especially especially burritos just like way more. It's like a utility player. Like you can put whatever that's you true. want in there, man. But like right, that's I gonna say. There's like, more to like, it. Not trying to get crazy. Yeah, <sighs> for
1: sure. All right, so I think we're ready for fantasy BS. Um, for all you first-time listeners out there, our last segment of the podcast, we like doing a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests. Um, today's Fantasy BS topic is activities we think we could take Michael Jordan in, uh, things we could beat him in, in honor of the Last Dance documentary going on, um, that all of us true sports fans you know, are watching live You know, when it comes on. Uh, unlike our, our reoccurring guest, uh, Jacob Schubert, who apparently has better things to do on a Sunday night than watch The Last Dance. So I've he watched records it. Records it and watches it in the middle of the week. Um, I don't
2: record off, it. I have the ESPN app, so I just watch it whenever I please.
1: I
3: was about to say, I didn't want to interrupt, but I've been watching it on Monday night because if you watch it on the ESPN app, there's no commercials. So. <sighs> I think I'm with my boy over there. Oh, that's, that's crazy. That's you couldn't crazy. even let me roast him.
1: <laughs> uh But that's alright. That's alright. I, I if see that's the thing is Shub just makes these wild claims and doesn't back them up. I didn't I know anything about the no commercials. That's the first time I heard her A lot of the commercials they even like the commercials they do have
2: are like about the series. So like it's not any commercials.
0: Yeah, well, Shub, you claimed like you were mowing the lawn at nine at night, like instead of watching the documentary. Yeah, like the that's a bad was, excuse. That's like, not a good excuse. other
1: stuff going on. Like, that's what you said.
2: I just don't be like I don't know why like. For some reason, when everyone's like, oh, I'm watching The Last Dance. Like, I'm just like, All right, I'm not going to watch it. I'll watch it tomorrow. I just don't feel like watching it on uh, Sunday.
0: Bad boy. That's
1: my literally only reason. Anyways, we'll be doing three picks each. As our guest, Danny Cody will have the first pick. My friend and co-host, Ben Gavlik will go second. I will have the third pick. And last but not least, our recurring guest. And apparently, my friend, I guess, Jacob the Bald Schubert, will go last. This is a snake draft. Snake draft, Those. So don't forget. Starts off with the first pick.
3: All right, so you know, I, you guys told me the topic. I went hardcore on the research department, like you guys did. So of course, my, my first number one overall yeah, pick would be. That. My first overall pick would be, given the the opportunity, would be being a good NBA owner or president. Ooh. Um, so Ooh,
0: I shots fired. Little, little
3: saber, little sabermetric stack hat. Little <laughs> metric stack hats Uh, He was the president of the Wizards before he became an owner of the Hornets, and they took Kwame Brown, number one overall. And then he bullied him to the point of tears multiple times, and Kwame Brown ended up a career average of six points and five rebounds. And they passed on players like Pau Gasol, Gilbert Arenas, Tony Parker, and a potential top five all-time player in the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. (laughs) <laughs> so up. that was that was his first minute. <laughs> so, um, and then you know, then he, he comes over to the Hornets and it's been trash over there too. They've had eleven lottery picks and only Kemba is their only All Star. And he's passed on people like Brandon Roy, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard. So I, I think I think I could definitely probably take him in being a better owner. I hear you. That just, uh, I was, know, that was, like the logic, I don't know how we can't do as bad. That's what I'm saying. I, I I might not be good at it, but I can't be worse. But like. yeah, it's been, it's
2: been pretty good. I hear you. That was a great pick. Yeah, I don't know how we come back from that. We lost. We already lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, a, a guest hasn't won in the show in a while. So usually we put up a Twitter poll and like put out like a graphic of our picks, and usually the guest hasn't won in a while. But like with that pick and all that backed up research, like I th- you got a good shot to win this thing for sure appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, so my second pick, I did not do nearly as much research as Danny here, but I'm going to go with uh, 2K. I could definitely take MJ in 2K. Even though, you know, it's <laughs> basketball, I don't think Jordan's played too much 2K in his life. So, you know, just the built-up <laughs> yeah. hours, like, I'm taking him in 2K. I want, like that
1: pick, Ben. That's a good one. You, you put in your... Uh... You can still beat him in basketball, just just on the the virtual sticks. Um, right. code, uh, Danny, on your note about not being as bad, my first pick's going to be gambling, um, just because <laughs> I did a little bit of research also, uh, and I saw totally unconfirmed but uh, stories of, of him losing $5 million in a night. Uh, so I just know that I wouldn't do that. Um, you can't lose what you don't have. So i just go gambling off the top. I'd probably be a little bit better. Hypothetically, if I did gamble, which of course I don't, I would never. But if I did, I think I'd be better than MJ. All
2: right. Uh, kind of piggybacking off Ben's pick, we uh, go with Fortnite. Um, by no means if I can get Crazy. out Fortnite at all, but I don't think MJ even knows what Fortnite is. So I think I could beat him in that. I have back-to-back, right?
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah
2: it's like uh, so your 50th okay. draft. Um, Still don't know how I'm it works. Go with, I'm gonna go with any quarterback drill uh, for Danny. I know you don't know. I was a uh, very elite high school quarterback, um, so I think I could be MJ in any single quarterback drill because uh, I don't think he's ever thrown a football in his life. I'm confirmed.
1: That. Are you? S- s- are, are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? What? They just showed him. Throwing a ball, f***ing sixty five yards in the last episode of f-ing, we'll be last oh, I We'll I must have missed that part. I did not. <laughs> that part.
2: But I can still be the any quarterback. They sh- made a whole
1: point of it. How he was just good at everything.
3: Well, not, not that. Not bad any pick. drills. That pick shoot. That's yeah, a bad pick. But they, they didn't show anything about his passing accuracy. So you never yeah. know. I'm yeah, not talking I'm about sure. distance. I'm talking about our, accuracy. Our, well,
1: well, you said any anything, and I think all strength goes He's got. Okay any, okay, any drill of arm strength, you lose. Any drill minus arm strength. There we go. <laughs> okay, we'll make sure to put that up there. Um, <laughs> I, I will take um, just kind of you guys took video games. Um, so I kind of actually feel bad taking this one. I'm actually going to say cooking. I bet you I'm a better cook than him. Only because he hasn't had to cook for himself since college, before college. So for that reason alone, I think I'm better than him.
0: It's a hot take. It's yeah, definitely okay. a hot take.
1: I I well, but I mean come on think about it. He was he got meals at college. You know, I'm sure you can't do a lot of cooking in the dorm anyway. So even if he was wasn't anything extravagant. And then he's been, he's been in the NBA. He's got millions and millions of dollars. He's not cooking his own meals.
0: Plus in the last dance that we all watch and Shub didn't watch, like he referenced in college, like he only had twenty dollars in a bank account. Like he wrote a letter to his mom asking for money, so he didn't have any resources to cook with yeah. anyway, so Yeah. Exactly.
1: So all around, yeah, I would outcook Michael Jordan any day.
0: Alright, so my next for pick sure. here, uh, this is probably my hottest take for this draft, putting. Like golf putting. So I I'm gonna reference the last dance. There's a scene where he's playing golf and he's using like this. Short putter that like a five year old would use, and he's like bending way down over. Like, that's not how the ball is supposed to be putted in golf. So, I, I and I watching the whole documentary, I didn't see him sink a single putt. So, I, I think I could take it, might be tough, but you know, hey, I think I could get him. Confidence in yourself, Ben.
1: Honestly, two bold picks going with a basketball video game as well as a actual sport that Michael Jordan plays regularly. A lot, yeah. Two so. very, bold
0: <laughs> very bold, but yeah, I had to go with it. it was, that was a crazy scene in The Last Dance that no one's talking about.
1: <laughs> you are keen in on that. That <laughs> yeah. butter.
0: Yeah, it was terrible. Alright, Danny, uh, Snake Trap. So you got uh, back-to-back picks here.
3: Okay. So I actually had gambling, too, as my number two. So but uh, I won't be soft, oh, nice. so I'll go, to, I'll go to another one. I had um, being like a cool teammate to play with just um, being, like, <laughs> being like a general like nice like cool dude to play with like I know he punched Steve Kerr confirmed I know he punched like maybe it was like Will Perdue or something I can't remember the other guy but I know Shut he up. punched at least two teammates like um he like ruined Kwame Brown's career because he was like bullying him to the point of tears like he literally just tried to like which like you know especially if you're trying to win, like, doesn't exactly make sense, but I guess it worked out for him, but I'm sure plenty of the guys that he's played with don't have, like, the nicest things to say about the dude, so so I guess that would be my number two. And Thanks. I guess number three, I mean, it's kind of like a soft move to go with, but he did briefly play it, which was baseball. Um, he was a career student. I think, like, if you only need one example of, like, him not being great at it was in his like only plate appearance in the movie space jam he struck out while the catcher was telling him what pitches were coming so like clearly like Whoa. not that great people forget about that people do forget
0: that's a good pick for sure <laughs> so i'm gonna go with one that i i knew i was gonna be able to pick here that none of you guys were going to take i'm gonna go with speaking mandarin uh, living oh, in Hong Kong, being born and raised in Hong Kong. Uh, uh, There's no way that he's better than at speaking Chinese than me. So <laughs> I'm going to go speaking Mandarin.
1: I guess you're not wrong. Uh, I will give you that. Um, so my third one, um, just more more than anything, kind of going along. My whole thinking of this was you got to find things he's either never done in his life or hasn't done in a really long time. Uh, and so my third pick that I could be MJ in is Flip Cup. I think I dominate him. I think it's a sweep. Dude, I don't
3: know. MJ's like an alcoholic, though. So yeah, like, he, I'm uh, sure he's probably, like, pretty elite. But he's not...
1: Okay, I I hear you. That's why I, I had just drinking in general at first, but I was like, no, no, I probably I could not drink him. But it's the activity of flip cup. Like, you can drink all you want, but if you can't flip the cup, it don't, it don't matter. I, I sweep MJ th- and flip cup. Here's why I think you're wrong, though,
2: like... He's already a heavy drinker, and now you're putting a competitive game in this, and he's a, probably one of the most competitive guys in the world. See, that's where I think he lose. Doesn't
1: translate. It's good. Doesn't translate to success. You can be as competitive as you want, but if you're not good, you're not good.
0: Yeah, shoot. Uh, these are all competitions. Like all these have a competitive. No, I'm yeah. saying,
2: but like he is somewhat good at drinking, and you put in flip cup. Never mind. Um, I'm going with, for my last pick, uh, eating true. contest. Pick. What did you say, Shoot? I had that on my... You I had don't it hear me? Online. No, I didn't hear
0: you. What did you say?
2: All right, my, la- my last pick is an eating contest. I could be MJ in an eating
0: contest. I had that as well. I had pizza specifically. But yeah, I was going to say any specific
1: food for you, Shoot.
0: All of them. All of them. That's
1: bold. Any food. I bold. don't. Eddie, I, Eddie. <laughs> I actually would disagree on you. I would disagree with that. Actually, I bet you there's a food out there he'd beat you now No, any food.
0: Any food. Any oh, quarterback man. drill. Shoots um, got him. Especially beef. Okay. All right. <laughs> don't know where to go after that. Um. Any of you guys have any horrible mentions? Uh. uh yeah. I
1: got a. I got a good bit actually. Um. I don't know. I obviously wasn't ever gonna say this one, but this is uh, shoot. Shub- probably won't get it because it's a I don't even know if I should say it but Tony's kids listening I'm gonna mix that one I. It, it's not as family friendly as I would have liked um, I had Super Smash Brothers for the video games I had podcasting I think we got podcasts Michael Jordan um, puzzles I think I put a puzzle together faster than MJ I just think he's had so much success in his life that he literally couldn't bring himself to care enough so I beat him there uh, and then Spike Ball uh, I be uh, yeah, spike ball.
0: do you have any honorable mentions?
3: You no, know, I had I had one, but I, I kind of didn't want to say it, but uh, I'm just gonna come out and go with it. So <laughs> uh, I did a little research and Michael Jordan actually witnessed uh, some, one of his friends drown when he was a kid. and then Michael Jordan also almost drowned when he was a kid, so he has a fear of water. So I definitely think that I could beat him in swimming, just because he won't get into the pool. <laughs> this just took deep a research. turn. <laughs> that is <was> deep research. <laughs> deep research.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh, the only the only mention I have is uh, sleeping and talking. I talk. I could definitely out-talk Michael Jordan.
0: I don't know. Have you seen these interviews of The Last Dance? Like he's doing a really good no, job. I mean, like
2: I get like yeah, yeah. It's an interview, but like if someone's he's like, that, I, hit, listen, like you have to Uh-oh. if you have to talk like it's a contest whoever stops talking first loses i think i can be michael jordan in that well that's really?
0: just that's just like willpower at that point point. and if you're saying you have more willpower than michael jordan like that's just it's not true
2: i have more grit i have more grit
0: all right whatever I, i'm done with this guy i, dude, I, I don't I, I'm, I'm tired of this man uh i have one honorable mention you guys took uh, some of the other ones i had <laughs> Um, and this one's probably not accurate, but just because of some of the hats I've been seeing in this documentary, better dresser, like, 2% of the time. Because some of those hats he's wearing in this doc are atrocious.
1: He's like, you got to catch him off guard one day. You are saying like, one random day, you both show up to the stadium, you might outdress him.
0: Yeah, like, once in a while. If he's wearing one of those stupid hats, then I-, I got him on that day. Oh, it doesn't matter what else he's wearing. I got you. Yeah, yeah.
1: All
0: right, I think that's all we got. Uh... Again, I
1: can see one of those
0: hats, actually. You
1: think?
0: <laughs> I think you can pull those off I don't
1: think so Or uh, one of the ones that Rodman was wearing You get either one of those
0: Yeah. Alright Danny thanks again Danny, for Thanks for coming on man we appreciate it
3: Yeah appreciate it Appreciate it fellas thanks for having me
0: Yeah it's Kate Weezy and we back The Rise to the Throne Envy. Yeah
1: Brent Franklin's Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people, phonies, just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for from me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's. No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience. All I got is papers and a lot of haters. Shout out to my home dog. They all got prayers.